0: Welcome to the More Than A Mama podcast. Let's make some waves today. Hi, y'all. My name is Taylor. I'm a mama, wife An educator turned six-figure business owner. As a client learning expert who helps entrepreneurs create and enhance their client learning experiences, I am on a mission to bring my passion of teaching to the online space. On this show, you can expect guest experts and content that will educate you on how to best serve the clients you have. Together, we will make an impact and learn to raise the bar in the online industry. Are you ready? Let's learn something new today. All right, y'all, welcome back to another episode. Today, we have a guest expert on the More Than a Mama podcast that I have been dying to talk to since I first followed her last summer, Alyssa Hall. Welcome to the More Than a Mama podcast. I'm so excited you're here.
1: Yes, I'm so excited to be here. When you were like a guest expert, I'm like, whoa, that's (laughs) me.
0: Oh my God. Are you looking over your shoulder like me? (laughs) Yes.
1: Like, well, that's my title here. That's cool. Guest expert. I'm loving it. But hi, I'm so excited. I'm so excited you're here. So before we get into, I was
0: telling Alyssa before the call started. I've been thinking about for months what I'm gonna ask you. And I'm so excited to just really get into this conversation. But first, Alyssa. I want to talk about how did you get where you're at? I don't think I've ever heard your business story before. So how did you get into what you do and introduce yourself to the community?
1: Yes. Um, So I am a anti-racism coach and um, I started just being like a regular life coach back in 2018. And when I got my certification, I was like, I'm going to be a career transition coach because I want people to get like their best jobs and like not have to settle for places that they don't want to be in. And I got my first client and I was like, wow, this is boring. This is really, really (laughs) boring. (laughs) So I realized when she talked about like her corporate job, I was like, completely checked out. But then she would talk about her home life mom stuff. And I was like, Oh, that is fun. That's interesting. Let me switch my niche to mom coaching. And that's what I tried to start doing. Um, but then in June of 2020, when everything just exploded, um, I realized like, I just, I literally didn't care about working on my business. Um, I didn't care about anything in relation to my business. I just saw that it looked like um, there's this scene in Mean Girls where, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Regina George is like standing and she like caused some chaos and like the entire school is literally running around in circles and there's papers flying. Yes, like, that was the internet. <laughs> I was just like, okay, like, are y'all okay is like literally what was going on in my head. And I was like, you know what, let me just help them. And as I was just talking about anti-racism on my platform, I realized I'm like, oh, cool. I'm using my coaching tools to talk to them about this. This is so cool, whatever. And like three weeks in, um, both my coach and my therapist on that same week were like, I mean, why don't you just switch your niche? To this, and I was like, "What? I can't do. I just finally finished my website. I finally finished my lead <laughs> magnet. What do you mean?" The, <laughs> <laughs> the nonsense, the utter nonsense. <laughs> and I was like, "You know what? Fine. I'll just make like a little landing page for this thing, and I'll I'll, I'll just test it out for like a month. And um, it's been about seven months now, and I've decided like, <laughs> <I'm> still here." <laughs> And that was the best decision I've ever made. I have literally fallen in love with this work and didn't realize how important it actually was to me until I actually started talking about it. So that's that's kind of my journey.
0: Wow. I never knew that. I love hearing people's journeys. It's like the first question I always ask is like how did you get here? I love we both had mom life coach experience. Yay us. Yes. <laughs> but no, I I love what you do. And you know, when you were saying how like June, 2020 in the online space was the mean girls, that is like the best illustration of how June of 2020 felt in the online space. It was a mess. It was very Mm -hmm. stressful. It, I mean, and my audience knows this. I've been very open, you know, when everything happened with George Floyd and he was murdered, that was the day I was like, whoa, My entire world was like dumped upside down, shaking out like everything that I had known about the world was wrong. And it was, it was a whirlwind. So thank you so much for what you do. I was so happy to find you because I was like, I just, I want to know what's going on and how can I help? Right. And I think that was the response of a lot of people is, and we'll get into some that had that response that are still not doing that. But most people were like, oh my goodness, like what do we do? Right. So let's get into the questions. Cause I'm just so excited for this. Is that cool with you? Can we just dive yes, into this? Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> You're like, what is she going to ask me? So I first want to start off with like a foundation of DEI. So it's diversity, equity, and conc- inclusion, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So what do those words, Mean because I hear these words fly around in the online space all the time, but I feel like sometimes they're used incorrectly. So I'd love to hear from you. What do these three words actually
1: mean? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm a very visual person. So that's just how clearly what the Mean Girls reference. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, when I think about diversity, I think of who is in the room that we can see. Like, you can pick out. Who the people are in the room equity i think of it as like what is the barrier to entry to even get in the room and then inclusion is like once we're actually all in the room together is everyone are everyone's needs being met is everyone being heard and listened to or are, are they just there um a really amazing um anti-racism coach I feel or does she I don't know her exact title but um Trudy Lebron she is literally the best Mm -hmm. and the way that she describes inclusion is like um you invite a bunch of vegans to a barbecue And then they get there and they're like, hey, where's, do you have any vegan food? And they're like, no, but you know, we wanted to invite you. And it's like, y'all going to invite me to starve here? Like really? (laughs) That's what I see as inclusion. Okay.
0: So let me, can I tell you what I've been hearing as the definition specifically with inclusion? So something I've heard is that, and just tell me true or false. I would love to hear like, I just want to know about this. So a lot of people have started saying, you know, I have inclusion in my business because of my pricing. I have a $97 offer. I have a payment plan for 12 months for this three month program. Is that
1: inclusion? Okay. I, oh, that's such a good example because that is where I feel like that's more of equity. Yeah. And it's like, I see inclusion as like this umbrella thing of Mm -hmm. what are the different issues that different people are going to face? And one issue may be price. And yes, you are addressing that in there, but that doesn't necessarily mean you've hit the entire umbrella of inclusivity just by having that pricing structure.
0: Yeah. Okay. So follow-up question. So if somebody... So for, I'm going to use me as an example, okay? My business mm. is high ticket. All of the offers I currently have are high ticket offers because that's who I best serve. Does that mean my business isn't inclusive? Does
1: that make sense? Yes. Yes. That makes complete sense. And I feel like I I always talk to my clients about this too, because I'm just like, we need to get paid for our work point blank period. Like that just yeah. needs to happen. And we can find ways to support people in different ways. And specifically you, Taylor, like your podcast is the best example of that because not only do you have your podcast, but then you have your email where you like give a little resource. Who's doing that? I've never seen that (laughs) before. Thanks. (laughs) that you're meeting that need for the people that can't afford that. But you're not just like, well, girl, buy." Instead, you're like, these are different ways and different levels that I can support you.
0: Yeah. Cause I know something that I face like as a mom, a stay at home mom right now, I have to be very particular about, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Alyssa. You have to be very particular about what you offer. It's not doable for me to have a seven part product suite and be able to serve all of those people on the level that they deserve. Right. So I tried to get very creative because I'm very aware it's very high ticket. So I'm glad you think the podcast and email list is good because I really do think you shouldn't have to pay to know how to do better with your clients, right? Like, Obviously there, there comes a time where I have to set boundaries. I have to respect my paying clients, but that's something I've seen a lot is people using the word inclusion of, I have 12 month payment plans. I have, you know, this and that, but that doesn't technically mean that they're also being diverse and have Mm -hmm. equity, right? Like, isn't it all one? Am I understanding this correctly? It's like one encompassing thing, correct?
1: when i when i talk to my clients about it what i the way that i um structure it is like these things will lead to diversity diversity is the goal and yeah. the way that we get there is by addressing all of these issues and like what i think of inclusion is like when this particular person comes into your business are you able to serve their actual needs? Or are you only able to serve what you feel is like the surface level of their needs? Are you being inclusive to everything that they're bringing to the table and addressing that too? Or are you just like, nah, I only understand this specific group of people. Like that's another way of looking at inclusivity, if that
0: makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's much more complicated than just pricing, right? Cause that's what I've seen mm. just a lot. I think that's the biggest example I've seen. I'm so excited. I got to ask you, because it's like, oh, I have $97 offers. Therefore I'm inclusive. I'm like, well, some people still can't do $97, <laughs> like, right. you know, just because it's lower ticket in the online space or in your eyes, doesn't make it affordable for everybody. So I just, I think it's interesting. A lot of us are kind of getting into an area where we're getting some gray areas where it's like, what does that actually mean? So I really appreciate you answering that. So Man, I just have so many questions, Alyssa. Where do I start? (laughs) I I bet that I want to tackle some gray areas. I've been like thinking about this for months because I feel like those who have like in June, we were realized like, wow, you know, like we need to take some action. Like this is unacceptable for our businesses to not have these in mind. We're hitting some gray areas where it's like, okay, if I don't have a $97 offer, does that mean I'm not being inclusive? If I don't I know. Oh, another question I have for you. So, you know, as a business owner, I have like an ideal client. Like I have people that I can best serve and people that I can't, I'm just not equipped to serve you. Does that impact being inclusive? Does that make sense?
1: Oh my gosh. This is, oh, this is so beautiful. I've been thinking about
0: this for months, Alyssa. So I mean, I'm I'm just scraping the surface here.
1: So this is like, okay, first of all, this question is literally amazing. Second of all, I'm so excited for the rest of this interview. Just like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is so good. But this is what I call, like, in my head, there's no actual term for this, but I call it, like, false inclusivity. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing like, I see people who are the opposite of what you're saying. They're like, oh, I am, for example, a business coach. So I'm going to help people. Build their business or help moms build their business, whatever. Mm-hmm. And when you have this program that has very specific things that you're going through, specific uh, specific modules that you're going through, specific uh, areas that you're helping them with, you can't say that the person who's made ten thousand dollars in their business needs the same support as the person who's made $200,000 in their business. But by not being exclusive and being like really specific about who I'm actually helping, Mm -hmm. when that $10,000 person comes in and the, the thing that you're teaching them is about hiring, that's not going to help them. So you're actually harming that person and it makes it so that they're just like, okay, I'm coming into this and this actually isn't for me. I was told it was supposed to be for me. And they're not looking at the service provider as a person who was wrong. They're looking at themselves. So -hmm. they're like, okay, so now I have to solve this hiring problem. Now I have to blah, 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 not knowing this isn't a 10K business problem. So swinging back to where you are, just like, I know this is my ideal client. I know this is who I can help. That is important of being able to serve people in the best way possible when they get into your space and not feeling the need to just help everyone under that similar umbrella. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something to think about, right? Like as a person, personally, I'm like, bring it in guys. You know, like let's get together. I love all of you so much. But as a business owner, for me to best serve, I have to kind of set boundaries on who my certain containers are for. And that means leaving some people out. So I've wondered recently, does that mean I'm not being inclusive if I'm setting those boundaries? But reality is you can still be inclusive while also wanting to best serve the people that are best for those
1: offers. Does that make sense? Am I on (laughs) (laughs) Lisa? Yes. Yeah, because we have to remember too, there are... I don't even know how many people who are doing similar things to what we are all doing. Yeah. And then that person may be most helpful. I was actually literally talking to my client about this the other day where she was talking about how like she went through a coaching certification program and she's like, yeah, I can coach, but I don't want to deal with people that are that need coaching right now. I'd rather teach and do a little bit of coaching. And I'm like, and that is fine. That's literally what you can do because then there's someone else that literally only wants to coach. They don't want to teach anyone anything. And just remembering there's always that person who's doing something similar, but a different flavor, and they can help the people that are out of your realm.
0: Yeah. And it's good to like refer them to those people. Like Mm -hmm. if you can't help them, it could be more harmful to keep them when you can't best serve them when other people could, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. Cool. Okay. I think it's good to talk about though, because I feel like I've heard a lot about kind of like the black and white, like this is right. This is mm-hmm. wrong. And those two have to be there, right? Like there has to be that boundary of like, it's unacceptable to do this. It's acceptable to do that. But what I've been seeing a lot in the online space is people telling other people, this is what you should be doing. Have you seen this too? Like you yeah. should be speaking out. You should have said something today. Um, I even feel like, you know, back in June, I was telling my audience like, Hey guys, it's important to let your audience know that you care about this. And I still do feel very strongly about that. My audience knows where I stand on these issues, but then I'm also like, is it right for us to tell other people what they should and shouldn't be doing when we only get you know, a smidgen of who that person really is. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? i love your opinion on this. (laughs) You're like, God, Taylor,
1: it's only two. (laughs)
0: Leave me alone.
1: (laughs) This is perfect. (laughs) You're asking really amazing questions, by the way. Like I'm just having so much fun. (laughs) This is really good because this is so important and I want to think about it from both ends, like from our end of just like, yeah, it. like you're right, it is super important, especially when we're thinking about um, talking about our values and talking about what we stand for and like we understand the importance and the value of that and then at the same time, understanding that for some people, they're not saying it because of very personal issues and not just like they don't know, but more of like, Some people I've spoken to are just like, I am like this close to getting just exiled from my entire family, literally just because of this issue. And so like, that's one issue of just like, I I know it's really hard for some people, like incredibly hard. And then at the same time, for people who know that it's hard for themselves not just sitting and like flouting around pretending like nothing is happening either. Like Mm -hmm. really making the conscious decision for yourself of, yes, this is really hard for me and I'm going to get the support for that and figure out what that looks like for myself because this issue is also important to me or being realistic with yourself and saying like, this is very hard for me and it's not something I can really address right now. Mm -hmm. And therefore I'm going to stay in my little bubble and be aware that this is this is a bubble. And I I don't want to I don't want to sound condescending of saying like my little bubble, but like yeah, really being realistic of like the small bubble of people that you will be working with, attracting with whatever and understanding that that's where you're going to have to stay and being okay with that but not trying to like be an octopus and like do all of the things knowing that you actually can't fully involve yourself because of whatever is going on. So it's like, if you know, that's you either get that support or be okay with the fact that this is really what is going on for you right now. Just like, I'm like trying to, it's like a tough love sort of situation. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Cause it's, it kind of like what I've seen and I've just been kind of sitting back and watching this unfold the past few months of people trying to figure out What should we as business owners be doing when it comes to this? Should we be saying something every week? Should we be, you know, it's more important living it out. Maybe there needs to be a balance of both. Like it's been very interesting for me to see people try to figure out where they fall when it comes to like doing the work that is talked about. And I think it's something I know we had like a intensive, like the, what was it called? The, Oh, my brain
1: strategy session.
0: Yeah. The strategy session. And you know, even I told you, and I don't mind saying this, like I feel almost paralyzed (laughs) because it's like, what is actually helpful? I'm hearing people tell me things. This is helpful, but it doesn't feel like me or what I'm already doing. Or I don't know. I would love your take on this because I feel like sometimes there's a lot of pressure. If I'm just being very honest and you can tell me if I'm wrong on, obviously I feel like there's a lot of pressure to be doing certain things or you're going to be canceled. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Does this make sense? I don't know if that's a valid feeling, but that's what I feel sometimes, but I really want it to be like real. Like I really do mean these things. I really am putting in the work, you know, like we make donations. We do a lot of things that nobody in the online. I don't talk about it because I don't want to be performative. You know what I mean? Like, it's yes. it's very weird. So I would love your take on this about like authentically moving forward. And do you believe that every that looks different for everybody?
1: Yes, one hundred percent. And I just want to for you and for just everyone else who's listening and that relates to that. Whatever feelings that you're feeling about it, whatever it is, it's 100% valid end of story. It's about now that I feel this, let's see how, let's challenge that and see how much truth is in that, is in that feeling or in Mm -hmm. the thought that's bringing up that feeling. And that's a big one that I hear a lot of just like, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, Z and it's like a very gray xyz because there's not actual actionable steps mm-hmm. but if i don't do it then i'm at risk of being canceled and if i do it in this way then i'm at risk of seeming performative so it's like there's only this one perfect holy grail way of showing up yeah and so just talking about first the like the feeling of worrying about being canceled This is actually perfect, especially now that we're so far away from everything that happened in June. There were so many entrepreneurs who did things that were just either completely problematic or just made really big, harmful mistakes. And in the moment for them and for their audience, it was really harmful. It was Mm -hmm. really scary and just like a lot going on. but it's seven months later. These people are perfectly fine. Literally nothing has changed in their actual life. They just experienced a really bad situation. Mm-hmm. Even the people who were actually really problematic, yeah, they're living their best lives. Nothing is wrong. Mm-hmm. So I want to have that as an example of just like, it feels like that is what's going to happen it feels like everyone canceled these people, but who is really everyone, right?
0: Yeah. And
1: really thinking about that and thinking that like you can make a mistake today and tomorrow a new person can come into your audience and not even know about the mistake you made yesterday. Yeah. So just really remembering that that is just how the online world works and just that's just how people work, period. <laughs> um, so just like remembering that you will never, it will feel like you're being canceled and you may be canceled by certain people in that moment. But in the overall grand scheme of things, you will be fine. Your business will be fine. It'll just be a little rough to get through. So that's that piece. Um, When it comes to things being performative, one of the things that I always really try to um, explain with what I see as being performative is just like, Okay. Back in June is actually another perfect example. (laughs) So in June, people were making, well, not people, like really big companies, right? We're making all these really large donations and just like, yeah, we support blah, blah. Okay. But they're making all these donations. But if you look at the inner structure of their business, the Mm -hmm. people that work for them, their customers, literally nothing changed. Mm -hmm. Nothing has changed within that. They're just putting on the sticker of, I did this. And what performative really means is like, it looks like you're doing this work, but you're actually not. Like That is what I see as the definition. So if you know that you're actually doing other stuff, it will never be performative. It may, quote unquote, seem Mm -hmm. performative, but it never will be because that's not your only action even if you're like, oh, hey, I donated, blah, 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 whatever it is that you want to say. (laughs) Like knowing that, oh, and I'm also doing the work of checking my internal biases and I'm also changing my program structure. And I'm also, then it's not performative because you're doing something. Does that,
0: does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, before we had this interview, I talked with some of my audience members who are feeling like paralyzed by like, you know, which keeps us from being helpful, right? Like when we're stuck in fear or shame, it can really prevent like things happening, which is what we need is like, we just need some momentum. (laughs) Right. Um, and that was one of the most common remarks that I got is like, I'm scared. People won't see that. I really do care. They're going to be critical of me. Or they're just going to write me off thinking I'm just another person who, you know, is out here being performative when I really do care. So I appreciate you talking about that because that's something I've seen. I felt at some point, like I'm a people pleaser through and through what's up people pleasers. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and it can be very like just paralyzing sometimes to, I don't know, just you're not sure how people are going to respond, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, like one of the questions that you asked too was like, is there a way to do it in a way that is authentic to you? And I feel like that is what everyone's goal should be. Mm -hmm. And that is the way that I have set up my business of just like, we're going to make it so that like, I don't want you to say like, I have six responsibilities and now anti-racism is my seventh responsibility. It's like I want you to put anti-racism into mm. your six responsibilities so that yeah. you're always taking action and every single thing that you do has has that blended into it. And it's about making it a value and really understanding that like every decision that you're going to make will come from having that as your foundational value and not feeling like, You have to, again, do this extra thing, read this extra book, even though that will feel that value, but it's not like, all right, my anti-racism thing for the day is read this book and then I'm good. Like, (laughs) please don't do that. (laughs) 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 Yeah.
0: It's like part of you. And I think that's Mm -hmm. when it really starts showing because it is you, you know, it's just like part of who you are, what you care about. Yeah, that makes sense. I love that. And something I love that you talked about, I think it was in a podcast or a post about how it has to be sustainable. So can you touch on that too, about mm. how sustainability is, I would say, tell me if I'm wrong, more impactful than just like that one time $10,000 donation. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. That's actually, that's the example I always use of just like Let's pretend someone donated $10,000 in June. Wow, that's amazing. But then they never donate her again Mm -hmm. versus someone else who's like, I'm going to donate $500 a month for the rest of my life. By the time they hit, I don't know, math is not happening in my head right now, but like after two years, (laughs) they've already (laughs) surpassed that $10,000 donation. Mm -hmm. And it's going to get bigger because they're taking smaller steps that feel good for them and they're able to keep it up. Like I talk about anti-racism work as the same way as building your business. You have to make sure that you're doing it in a way that feels good for you, that is fun for you, that is long-lasting for you. And just like building a business, we're always learning, we're always growing, we're always doing more, but we're doing it at a pace that we can actually keep up so that we can actually continue this this impact for a long time and touch more people versus this one huge action that will never be repeated ever again.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, are you ready for another loaded question? Let me pull out my list.
1: Yes. Okay,
0: are you ready? Yes. Yeah. Is it beneficial for us to block or dissociate from those who are doing actions that are harmful to
1: others? Yes. Hit me with it. <laughs> okay okay so i have an answer for uh for straight cis white people and then literally everyone else so my answer for straight cis white people um don't block i am begging you (laughs) please don't block these people Mm -hmm. um you can unfollow them so that you don't have to see their nonsense Mm -hmm. but Keep that door open so that, or actually it's not a door, it's more like a window. Keep that window open so that they can see what you're doing and mm-hmm. see what you're talking about and they have the opportunity to, be able to learn from you because here's what happens. When we block these people, they are just back inside their little echo chamber and the people who they do interact with outside the echo chamber now they are getting all the nastiness and all of that versus if you would have kept the line of communication open you're a place that is less um harmed by all of the things that they're talking about so Mm -hmm. you're able to handle the conversation just a smidge easier than them talking to black people about racism like yeah it's so different. So just like keeping that line of communication open, but also minding your mental health. So if, if just seeing their stuff is triggering, you don't got to see it. Just unfollow them. That's it. It's fine. But mm-hmm. allow them to see your stuff. Okay. So everyone else though, someone who is by POC, someone who is um, LGBTQ, all of y'all have an, like... People are so just gross and disgusting. So they, if they say something, it's going to hit a trigger so much harder. And like, we don't have to continue to be the brunt of this conversation anymore. So just block, delete, goodbye. Yeah, um, and just let someone else who is better prepared or yeah, better emotionally prepared to be able to handle it versus us dealing with it. And it's just another hit and it's just, don't, don't do that. So (laughs) just those two different buckets. And I hope that even in giving that example, um, people are able to see why it's also, again, so important where if you do have the capacity to keep that line of communication open, why that's so important. So it doesn't trickle into other people's spaces.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So, a follow up question to that. So let's say, you know, there's a post that was very insensitive, and mm-hmm. multiple of, you know, members of the Black community specifically were speaking out on this post saying, Hey, like, can we not? Is it helpful if I'm in a space where I feel like I can talk to them about that because other people are just being bypassed? Is that helpful?
1: To step oh, in oh my a gosh! Situation
0: like that.
1: Yeah, that is. It's so hard mm-hmm. because, on the one hand, we would really love for this person to get the message, yeah. right? Like of just understanding this is very harmful. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is also. Um, okay, backing up. <laughs> <laughs> So I think it's also important to think about the way that we're going to do it, Mm -hmm. right? And that is what's going to really fuel this response of if you're going to go in with the same energy as everyone else, go ahead and do it. There's a better chance that they'll listen to you and that the message will get across. But what we don't want to do is if everyone else is angry and we're like, you're like the calm white person coming in and like talking to them. <laughs> then that just like perpetuates the, I know all these angry black people are not angry. And it's like, girl, yeah. please come down. But like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like really being mindful of that. Mm-hmm. So if you have, if you're able to go in with the same energy so that you're showing that that energy and that anger is warranted, go ahead and do it. And they may listen to you. But don't, uh, yeah, so don't go in there with the, like, trying to be the calm person, because yeah. it, could, it can do that. Okay, that's good to know. This is great.
0: <laughs> okay, so I would love to hear from you. How do we productively have conversations with people who, especially, you know, I'm white, I'm straight, right? Like, I, and I've talked to you about this before, I really... I've been trying to learn as much as I can the past. I don't even know how many months it's been. Honestly, this whole, I don't know, this whole year has been a whirlwind. Um, But, you know, we've been really trying to have conversations with people close to us that have different viewpoints over this topic. How do you feel is the best way to have these conversations where they're productive? Because I know we're not trying to like close doors, right? It's Mm -hmm. not it's not helpful. I don't think if we just argue and we just stop because then they're not getting access to hear what I have to say, or like maybe change their mind over time. So how do we have productive conversations that actually make a difference or have a chance (laughs) of making a difference? Does that make sense?
1: Yes. And this is honestly like the biggest question that, Mm. that I hear and one of the like the really, really big thing that we have to do as the individual going into the conversation is manage our expectations one hundred and ten percent because yeah. the way that we're hoping the conversation will go, especially if it's someone that's close to us, we really would want for them to just like be able to shift their perspective and see things in the way that we're seeing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the way that I describe it is like, imagine, I don't know about you, but I've, I've had this experience where I have like a very good friend who was in a really terrible relationship and you can see it from a mile away that the person that they're with is terrible. Mm-hmm. And you want to have that little heart to heart with them and just word vomit everything about the person. And you just hope that with that word vomit, they will get all the information they need and leave. But that's literally that's that doesn't happen. So instead it's about giving them something to think about on their own and remembering that that's actually the point of the conversation this is not just like the the example that i gave is a relationship with a person but with the people that we're talking about this is like a relationship with their beliefs with what they see as the world so you can tell them all the information that you want but this is something that they have to literally unlearn and unsee and retrain themselves to see something in a different way. And the only way to do that is by just one little piece at a time Mm -hmm. and having that be your goal for the conversation of, let me just leave them with something to think about, not let me change their mind with this one thing and giving them the opportunity to talk too, because when I talk to people who do have differing views their main thing is like i just wish we could all talk i wish there was more talking and less shouting and and really figuring out for yourself what does a conversation look like around that and redefining that for yourself too just like okay a conversation around this for this specific purpose looks like me allowing the person to explain themselves and getting an understanding of what they're saying. We don't have to believe what it is that they're saying. We just need to let that person talk. That's that's honestly, to be honest, what it's for, to let the person talk and really get clear on what their actual core belief is. And then we can respond to that. Because nine times out of 10, it's like this big umbrella statement that doesn't really mean much of anything, but it's <laughs> like this really sense. big <laughs> statement. <laughs> And we're just like, oh God, I I don't know how to respond to that. You don't have to respond to the big umbrella statement. Mm -hmm. You just need to understand what they believe about that statement. What does that actually mean to them? How does that relate to them? And when you get to that core statement or core belief of theirs, that's what you can respond to. And by that time, that other person has been able to talk for so long, they feel like they're in a back and forth conversation, even though they were talking. And they're more open to hearing you because you let them talk. So that, that was a really big word vomit on my end. So I no, it's good stuff. though.
0: It's good because I know like in the past when I've tried to have these conversations, um, it can be very like confrontational, right. Which automatically like sho- shuts the doors, put the wall up and we're already off on a bad foot. So I think it's very interesting. I think you, I think you were the one that told me to ask questions like not even really respond mm-hmm. just keep asking questions until you figure out what is actually going on what are they actually feeling or thinking that they believe to be true and then talk about that because it yes. usually starts with some big like big umbrella like this is what i believe right when it's really it's really not that like it's much deeper so i love your approach on that That is so cool. So helpful. Okay. One more question for you and I'll be done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I really appreciate you answering these though, because I have been like thinking about these for a while. I feel like they're kind of harder questions. Right. And I feel like Uh myself included, we're all trying to kind of figure out like, you know, now that we have a little basic understanding of what's happening, what's been happening, what, what do I, what do I do with this? Right? Like how does this play into my life? How does it play into my business and how can I sustain it? So I like really appreciate you answering kind of like some, (laughs) some deeper questions I've been throwing on you today, but I'd love to know last question. What does anti-racism mean and look like? And I should probably say active anti-racism because I know it's not just like a word It's like something you're actively living. So I would love to hear from you. What does it mean and what does it look like in our business and our life?
1: Oh, yes. I love this question Um, because with it, I feel like it's like a buzzword now, but like Mm -hmm. a buzzword that people don't really understand the definition of. Um, And I love that you threw in active because that's what I always like put into. Um, But what it looks like, in life and in business it's about this sounds like really big and i don't want y'all to like get overwhelmed with what i'm about to say but (laughs) it's like i see it as dismantling structures that we have seen as the norm but are actually laced with racism and laced with white supremacy and dismantling all those things and creating new structures in our lives mainly in our businesses that actually pivot away from that so that we're not continuing to teach things that are racist and we're not continuing to um interact with our clients in a way that is actually kind of oppressing them in other ways Mm -hmm. Uh, so in our business that's what I see it and in our lives I really see it as um there's this clip of this uh show that I saw it was a kids show it's called static shock i don't even know if it's still on i doubt it's still on but anyway <laughs> um the main character in the show he's a teen and he's a black teen superhero and his best friend is white and he went to his white friend's house for dinner one day and the dad was like throwing around microaggressions and the white friend noticed and was just like very like taken aback by it but um, the main character was just like, oh no, it's fine, whatever. Um, And when they left, like they went upstairs after dinner and the white friend was like talking about how angry he was at how his dad said all those things and whatever. And um, the main character was like, yeah, no, it's fine, it's whatever. And then the main character goes to go to the bathroom and he walks by the parents' room and the parents are discussing the main character and like, oh, well, this is why we don't want whatever our son's name to have black friends blah 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 and that whole situation and then the main character was like really hurt and upset Mm -hmm. that whole situation is a perfect example of non racist like the friend is clearly not racist he's very upset about all these things but he didn't do anything and of course they're all kids so like he can't Mm -hmm. do much but we see this with adults too And it's about if you were actively anti-racist, number one, you wouldn't even be bringing me in that same house as those people. That's number one. Um, But number two, let's say we end up being in that space together, being able to navigate that conversation so that I'm always feeling safe. And even after that first thing is being said, someone is checking that other person and not just allowing it to fly because, oh, well, you know... He says racist jokes sometimes like, well, all right, then why'd y'all bring me here? Like, you're not a safe person. I don't feel like I can be safe around you and you'll be able to understand me on a level of why this is unsafe for me and how you need to present yourself and present me in the people around you. So that's what I see as like in your life, what that looks like, and then in your business, what that looks like. I hope that like... Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love how visual you are. Cause if you would have just given me a definition, I would have had you do an example anyway. So I love that you just went for the example <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, because that's how I learned. So that's great. But no, I think that's so interesting to think about is doing it in both. I know you and I have talked a lot about like as a mom, I have a lot of moms that listen, you mm-hmm. know, like we really have a responsibility as as me personally as a white straight mom to educate Chloe on what I did not know growing up, right? Be active right. in her schools. Mm-hmm. Um, think about like, what are they teaching her? You know, I was an elementary teacher. I know what we were taught, what we were teaching and not teaching, like public school systems. That's a whole new ball game. Um, mm-hmm. But having an active role as a parent. So I would love to end this call because I have a lot of moms and dads that listen in, what is our role? Like three things that we can do as parents to ensure like the next generation did not grow up the way that I did, (laughs) you know, like we're actively making that next generation aware of this from a young age, because this is something I mean, I lived 26 years before I actually knew what was happening in the world. Right. And I'm like, I will not let my daughter do that. Like (laughs) she's going to know she's going to stand up for these things. It's not going to, you know, like she's going to know what's going on. So how, I don't know. That's such a loaded question, but like, what are three like attainable things that you would recommend for the parents listening that we can do to raise a better generation?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So number one, I feel like it's making things the norm for our kids and having them understand certain things. Like I just think about um, my daughter's daycare. Um, The daycare was run by a, a lesbian couple and their daughter was also in the daycare. Now my daughter will never have to have this like Mental gymnastics <laughs> well, <she's, dominating. laughs> right. it's like, yeah. like it's like, okay, good. She sees that that is normal. Mm-hmm. All of these things, and depending on the age of our kids, we can introduce certain things to them um in ways that will make sense to them. Mm-hmm. It's even to this day like well, my daughter's about to turn five next uh, next month, but like she never asked me why were they married. Mm -hmm. she she doesn't care it's just a okay and just remembering that too kids only ask questions when they see things that are outside of their norm Mm -hmm. so let's just make all of these things normal and not just thinking about race too but like in other areas like disabilities every single thing so that they're just more aware of what things look like Mm -hmm. like I feel like that's the first thing um and i it's so hard cuz i love to read and i'm like i know not everyone loves to read say the books we want to hear them <laughs> It's like y'all please read books like that is mm-hmm. for me how i was able to expand my horizons on not just like i feel like the first level is seeing what is normal and then the second level is understanding the issues that different people from different types of communities have to face as they're just trying to exist and that's what's important to understand too it's that these issues that we're talking about with people of other communities nine times out of ten we're just literally trying to exist as normal human beings Mm -hmm. and all these other things get thrown in and understanding what those look like so that we're not discrediting people's experiences when we meet new people and when our friend and our when our kids make new friends, mm-hmm. all of that being, having them be able to understand this is what these things can look like. These are some issues that we can face. Um, and with thinking about that, it's important to not just educate our kids on history because that's a huge thing that I see. And it just like makes me want to pull my hair out, but I understand why, mm-hmm. <laughs> but of course, we're gonna teach our kids about like they're gonna learn about slavery, they're gonna learn about MLK, they're gonna learn about segregation, they're gonna learn about all of these things, which is fine, but we're not they're not gonna understand what that has to do with the person that they're facing in front of right now with their black best friend. They have no clue what that correlation is just like oh wow I'm glad we're born in this year because we don't have to deal with that that's literally what the what the mindset oh my is. God. yeah <laughs> just like literally like having them see and learn about people and kids right now mm-hmm. and books are such a good way to do that and if your kids aren't readers make them readers <laughs> like, <laughs> But that, that is what I feel like the best thing to do is have them understand, have them want to understand. And it almost like, it's the same concept of like the anti-bullying conversation, but on a deeper level, Mm -hmm. because of course, like if someone is being like beat up by a kid, yeah, they're being bullied and that's not right. But having them understand, um, especially as they get older, what do microaggressions look like? If someone says this, to your black friend that is not okay on so many levels it's not that oh that's mean have yeah. them understand how their friends will be affected by that i feel like that was like a really like loaded answer so no, <laughs> it
0: was i'm like taking notes i'm like i'm so excited to like look back on this though. cuz i i think we do that we like when it comes to teaching history my husband's a history teacher and he talks about how easy it can just start be to just spouting off facts when this mm-hmm. happened to real people and you know, the ramifications, what happened years and years ago is still happening today. People are still feeling this way. So I'm really happy you touched on that because I think it's important for kids to know just because it happened back then doesn't really mean that it's over (laughs) and that people aren't affected by it. Or, you know, it might not be at this level, but like, here's what is happening. Microaggressions, racism comments, right? Like it's still not done. And I just love that you, I love that you brought that up, like bringing the human aspect into that. That was so good. Alyssa, I'm so appreciative of you. Thank you so much for being on. Um, where can everybody find you? What do you have coming up? This episode will view in March. (laughs) So if you know, if you have anything coming up in March, um, share it with my audience.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. This is actually perfect. Um, so I'm actually most active on Instagram. I usually tell people Facebook too, but like I have so much fun on Instagram. Um, I'm there at Ali, the life coach. And by the time this episode comes out, um, I will be working on an actual group program. Um, but it's going to be like a course slash group program hybrid. Um, So that's going to be really fun. Even I'm just saying it right now. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot wait. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So that's going to be in the works or almost done. Um, So, but just make sure to follow my Instagram and just get all the updates there.
0: Yay. Yeah, y'all I'll put her information in the show notes. Make sure you go give her a follow. I'm obsessed with her Instagram and her your videos are some of the most informative IGTVs I've ever seen in my entire life. So I just want to say I'm so appreciative of you. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for answering kind of some like (laughs) tough questions (laughs) that I did not prepare you for. Um, but I think it's really fun. I'm glad we got to have this talk today. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. This was, oh my gosh, this was a really amazing interview because I feel like people are going to walk away with actual knowledge and actionable steps. Um, So I'm so excited. Thank me you. Me too.
0: Well, y'all next week starts a new podcast series. So make sure you tune in next Tuesday and Alyssa, I will talk to you later, friend. Right. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the more than a mama podcast. Before you go fold that laundry that's been sitting there since last weekend, I have one more thing for you. My mission is to create content that serves and impacts you. So if you love what you heard today, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. screenshot your review and tag me on Instagram at more than a mama underscore. So I can connect and create content for you, my listeners. Thanks so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode. Don't forget to make waves today. Bye.